0: Welcome into Episode 7 of the Card Chronicle Podcast. Mike Rutherford here with Danny Snard again. Dan, uh, we're going to take a couple of days off from the pod, spend some time with family, reconnect. The fact that the pod got all the way up to number 21 on the U.S. charts, I think got to our heads a little bit. We had to you know, settle down, reestablish our core, and then come back stronger than ever here for this Wednesday episode. Am I correct in saying that you are doing this from the airport?
1: This is true. I'm uh, I'm in the great city of Nashville. So um, it was uh I wish it was fun based, but it was work based, but did have a, uh, a late night last night. I was actually at about midnight eating pizza on campus at Vanderbilt, and I kept waiting for someone to like walk on the sidewalk and, like, bump shoulders with me so I could do, like, the Luke Smith, like, fuck you, like, in slow motion. (laughs) Uh, But that didn't happen. So, um, But, yep, uh, heading out here shortly and uh, excited to be back on the pod. Shout out to Luke Smith. Uh, We love him. He's team captain, too.
0: I I love that he had the most, like, um, I I guess, talked about classy, like, taking the high road moral moment from last summer at the College World Series. And he's a captain for the season for the number one team in the country. I I, I could not applaud the move anymore. I love Luke Smith. I'm, I'm all oh important. yeah,
1: I'm I'm all in on that guy. Like I, I want him on the bump anytime. You know we got a big game. He's the guy I want. So. All
0: right, we got a a bunch of stuff to talk about here today. Obviously, Louisville's going to play a game tonight against Georgia Tech. We <laughs> will do the full on Josh Passer is a dork uh, material that you have come to know and love from CardChronicle.com. Uh, We're going to talk a a little bit about some of the other stuff that happened in college basketball. We'll dive into the the big Kansas fight last night real briefly. But first and foremost, we found out this morning, we're recording here at about 10 o'clock. We found out about an hour ago, the 2020 Louisville football schedule was released. They released all the ACC schedules on Packer and Durham. Packer and Durham, the heartbeat of ACC country. This is (laughs) is where you go to when you need to know anything about the ACC. You go to Billy Packer's kid and West Durham. That's what we do around here. But we have now the official UFL schedule for the upcoming season. And uh, we'll just read through it real quick. Louisville's going to open the season Thursday night. I would say it's the first Thursday night of the year, but I, they have that week zero now. Or I was going to say it was the opening night of the year. I guess technically it is the first Thursday uh, at Cardinal Stadium against NC State a week later. Uh, they're going to go on the road at Clemson, the reigning national runners-up. That's going to be a September 12th kickoff. And actually every other kickoff besides the first one is a Saturday. Um, The 19th, Louisville Louisville hosts Murray State. A week later, they're hosting Western Kentucky. On October 3rd, they'll play on the road at Syracuse. After that, they're on the road at Boston College. Then they get their bye week. Um, They'll be off the week of October 17th. They'll come back. They're going to host Florida State on October 24th, and then Virginia Tech on Halloween night. It's going to be a fun little back-to-back at Cardinal Stadium. November 7th, they're at Virginia, Then they're hosting Wake Forest on the 14th, November 21st. They're at Notre Dame and they'll end the season at home against Kentucky. Um, Quick thoughts on this, Dan. What do you think about NC State as the Thursday night opener, and does anything else really stick
1: out to you here? I love that NC State is the opener and Clemson is the second game, only because I have, like, zero confidence that Dave Dorn can have, like, a good game plan throughout the entire offseason to come into Thursday night. Like, I think that's, like, a – one of the bigger coaching mismatches we'll have so um and then hopefully get a w under our belt there and have clemson coming in we'll have the fans super juiced up for that week two matchup but yeah the home schedule's great um and then the the fact that uh you know we got notre dame and kentucky as the last two games i mean you know i think everyone has the right to be super excited about football season
0: I like that um, it's the same way that the 2014 season ended. If you remember, you know we all went up to Notre Dame that uh, that, that second to last week of the regular season and got the win there. It was freezing. Shout out to Walsh. Your uh, team sucks. And November, and then the week later we hosted Kentucky and also won that game. It was the Kyle Bolin game. So hopefully the schedule laying out the way it is uh, laid out the way it is will will make for a, a repeat there at the end. I like that we have. I mean, think about the fact on back-to-back weekends, Louisville's going to host Florida State and Virginia Tech. I mean, that's one of those things that, like, when you and I were growing up, it was it would have blown your mind to say that those two teams are going to come to Cardinal Stadium on back-to-back weeks. That's going to be a whole lot of fun. And I like that I, I like that we have a week to prepare for the FSU game. I like that we have a couple of extra days to prepare for the Clemson game. And I like that Clemson and Notre Dame, I saw Keith Wynn say the same thing, Clemson and Notre Dame are probably the two best teams on your schedule. They're spaced out a little bit. You, you don't have to worry about getting beat up by one And then getting beat up by the other right when you start to get healthy. I kind of like that we have some distance between those two. But when you look at the schedule, I mean, I know that people are going to jump off the hand, fly off the handle a little bit, but it does look like a schedule that should give you a season that's at least as good as year one or Scott Satterfield. Like, I would expect this team to go at least seven and five uh, against the schedule. Am I too pie in the sky here or not thinking big enough?
1: No, I I, I would. I would think the same way, um, especially with what we have coming back on offense. I know we're losing Makai, um, but just uh, the way the schedule kind of plays out, uh, a lot of our hard games are at home, so hopefully we, we might be able to steal um, a couple or one of those at least, um, but let me ask you this, Which is there a road trip that you're thinking? Because, I mean, we had fun at Notre Dame last time, and I, I feel like, I hate that it's kind of late November because it's going to be cold. But um, I just want to go back so I can repeat uh, my I, after we beat Notre Dame last time, I think I repeated the John Favreau Rudy line of who's the wild man now at least 20 <laughs> times um, after we beat him. And I just want to go back and be able to do that. But uh, that's a trip I hope we can make. No, I'm with you. Like, it was a it was a blast going up there. We actually that 2014 season was the
0: first time that I went to Clemson and to Notre Dame, and did it the same year. And they're both very cool for very different reasons. I'm not sure we're going to be able to do it this year with the kiddo, but uh, if you can make either one of those trips, I highly recommend it. You mentioned Makai Becton. How about the fact that he's now getting, I mean, not just serious mock draft love from these NFL people. The guy from NFL.com yesterday had him all the way up at number four, going to the New York Giants. Are you a little surprised that the guy is getting – I mean, we could be talking about the highest draft pick in the history of local football.
1: Yeah, shout out Daniel Jeremiah. Um, but yeah, the first mock draft I saw him, I'm, a, I'm actually a Vikings fan, and he was going to Minnesota at 25. And I was like, oh, man, that would be really nice. And then the one that was posted by Daniel Jeremiah on NFL.com had him going with, uh, to the Giants at four. I mean, I, you obviously know with his size and agility that he has potential, but uh, that's, a, that's a pretty big leap. Um, and props to him, man. I, I, I hope it happens for him. Let's talk about, uh,
0: before we get into Louisville basketball, the big news of last night, the uh, the Kansas-Kansas State brawl. Um, Silvio De Sosa's grabbing chairs. Uh, we got random guys from Kansas State who aren't even playing, throwing punches. You've got, I mean, every picture – from that melee looks like something from the Renaissance. Like you could look at every single face and it's just a a fantastic work of art. And then maybe the best part of the entire thing. And I didn't notice until uh, one of our friends, Craig O'Connell, texted me, who is a, I'll say mascot enthusiast. Like he thinks that he, he is a big fan of mascots and just seems to enjoy the hilarity of them. He texted me and was like, just watch that video and watch the KU Jayhawk. And it's incredible. I mean, he's got his his hands on his head the entire time it's going on. And then somebody made the video with the Curb Your Enthusiasm music zooming in on him. I mean, the whole thing was – I mean, it was scary at the time. It's a little bit funny in hindsight. And you have to imagine big-time suspensions are coming down. And my favorite part of this entire thing is that college game day is in Lawrence on Saturday. Oh, that's so
1: fantastic.
0: (laughs) First of all, it's like a – it's a shitty Kansas versus Tennessee game. Like nobody cares about it. The fact that that game was picked is ridiculous anyway. But now, I mean, the holier than thou comments that are going to happen during that show and Bill Self's going to come out and have to talk about it. And he's going to be so pissed off about it. The whole thing is just brilliant. But I mean, do you buy this as the next step in Kansas becoming kind of the new villain of college basketball? It's not us anymore. It feels like it's kind of, it's become Kansas now.
1: Uh, if, if it is, I'm all for it. Um, and I, I knew that Kansas and Kansas state obviously is a, is a pretty big rivalry, but I actually have friends that live in Kansas city. And I, before talking to them didn't realize like the disdain that they have for Kansas state and especially Bruce Weber. Like they think that bill self alphas Bruce Weber in every single facet of life. And like, they couldn't be more proud that they have bill self um, but no, I'm, I'm all, I'm all for relinquishing the, uh, the, the villain university. Um, there was times I kind of embraced it, but I'm ready to pass it on if Kansas wants to take that step. And I think DeSosa picking up the chair was basically like the poster shot for, for, uh, Kansas becoming that school. Yeah. That felt big for us. Um, him picking, him picking up the
0: stool. Yeah. Man, that was a big That was a big moment for Louisville basketball and changing our image. But, I mean, Kansas, you've got Bill Self wearing the Adidas basketball shirt with the chain, that video, the day after they get their notice of allegations. You've got Snoop Dogg and the strippers and the money at their Midnight Madness event. You've got him just kind of you know, saying, to hell with the NCAA every single step of the way. You've got all the stuff that happened with LeGerald Vick the last couple of years, with Josh Jackson uh, a year before that. You've got now Silvio De DeSosa, who was suspended for all of last year, probably going to get suspended again. It's just like it keeps piling up. And you're right. Maybe the most underrated part of last night was Bill Self kind of like throwing Kansas State under the bus at the end of the, his press conference. Like, he took some of the blame, and I think he is going to dole out some heavy suspensions today, but he also was like, we've had a lot of problems with these guys. Like, they do some, <laughs> some shady shit. Like, he was not willing to take full responsibility. He was definitely willing to place a lot of it on Bruce Weber and K-State, and I'm excited for the rematch. I think it's going to be a whole lot of fun when they meet in uh, in Manhattan. Um, any lingering thoughts on that before we move on?
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it'll be interesting, I think, after the year to kind of assess Kansas's program. Um, I, you hear rumblings of like Self would be a good fit for the NBA, um, and you just kind of wonder if if that's something that he's going to take a look at. Um, I don't know. I, I like having Bill Self in college basketball. You know, I know with with what's going down lately, I, they're kind of at the center of it. I actually, I mean, I, I think it's hilarious. You know what he did on in Midnight Madness, and you know putting on the the chain and uh, the Snoop Dogg concert and whatnot. Um, but uh, it will be interesting. I, I could see him kind of bolting out in the middle of the night, maybe for an NBA job if the opportunity presents itself. Well, it's
0: working out for John Beeline. So, you know, he's, oh, if, <laughs> if it's yeah. working out for him, then, then Bill. I really wanted my, like, my whole goal when the Frocket started last night was for like a, a 90s sitcom moment where Bill Self's fake hair just flew off and like everybody just, <laughs> just like stopped and started laughing. And, like, the K-State and Kansas players start hugging. They're like, oh, my God. Like, can you believe we got all riled up for this? And <laughs> Bill Self takes the toupee off and, like, laughs at the crowd and comes out and, like, just shrugs his shoulders. Like, that that's, would have been a great moment. That's
1: literally like the Saved by the Bell episode where Zach and Slater <laughs> are fighting over the punch bowl and Mr. two <laughs> toupee falls off and they all just become friends again. That's literally what would have <laughs> happened if- Bill Self's toupee fell off. Even when I'm not trying to make a save
0: by the Bell <laughs> reference, I, I end up making a save by the Bell reference. Um, a couple other quick college basketball notes that I just thought were interesting, and I have no other where uh, no other place to put them anymore. Um, Mississippi State last night they set a new NCAA record for consecutive free throws made. They went 31 of 31 over the weekend, which was I think the second most uh, made with makes without a miss in a game in college basketball history. They also lost that game by 14. And then they um, they ended up making 51 straight last night. I think they made their first 20 last night before they missed. And they lost again to Texas A&M. So clearly the team that set the record for most straight free throws made lost both the games where that happened. The lesson here is that free throws don't matter. Don't Don't practice them. Don't worry about them. You don't need to make them kids. Don't listen to what your coaches say. That's not a big deal. And then the second weird thing, Vanderbilt last weekend, they go 0 of 25 from 3. That's only significant because they had been one of three programs in college basketball that had made at least one 3 in every single game since the three-point line was invented in 1986-87. In and now it's time. I know you have trivia for me. Can you name the two teams that have not played a single game since the three-point line was introduced without making at least one three-pointer?
1: Oh, gosh. That is, I mean, this That's, is like
0: a a couple years ago. Remember they won that NCAA tournament game and the yeah. fans were like this? They were like, we don't even care about winning in the tournament.
1: We, we yeah. care about the three-point record. Okay. Um, I will say Duke. Incorrect. I'll, I'll take one more guess because I have zero idea. Um, I will say Syracuse.
0: Incorrect as well. <laughs> These two programs are on like the opposite end of the like basketball morality spectrum princeton and unlv how about that wow
1: the running revs
0: there you go yeah that's a little fact use it at the house parties this weekend kids unlv and princeton have never played a game with the three-point line where they haven't made at least one only two teams uh all right let's move on louisville is going to play georgia tech tonight seven o'clock tip off it's on regional sports networks we're back to that shit um fox sports South, if you're in louisville uh, Tom Wormy and Mike Jeminski with his glorious one earring are going to be back doing the game. Did you know Mike Jeminski was like a
1: badass basketball player at Duke, apparently? I had no idea. I think I did know that. Like, I think, uh, has he done one of our games before? I, oh, he does I, them all the time. I, yeah, I, I thought so. And I think, like, I looked up, I was like, oh, like, because he was talking like he was a big deal. And then I looked it up and uh, he kind of was a big deal. So um, shout out to him. I had no idea. I always thought he was just kind of like the goofy looking dude who, um, who had the one
0: earring and was hanging on to that way, way too long. But he actually was like a first team All-American at Duke. He was the ACC player of the year. He played like a billion years in the NBA. I had zero idea, which is that that's more on me than it is him. I apologize to Mike Kaminsky. Uh, you're fantastic. I look forward to your call in the game tonight. But Louisville's taking on a Georgia Tech team that is going to be a little bit dinged up. Uh, Josh Bastner talked with the media on Monday. Michael Devoe, their leading scorer, at uh, 15.9 points per game, probably not going to play tonight. It sounds like Jose Alvarado, their point guard, who didn't play against us last year, is dealing with some <laughs> back It Sounds like he is going to play, and then I think Evan Cole, one of their top bench guys, is dealing with some stuff too. He may not play, but still, this is a it's a Georgia Tech team that I kind of like the makeup of their. Their roster. It's weird to say this because they're an eight-and-ten team. They haven't had a whole lot to play for. They're, you know, they're banned from the postseason this year because of the weird stuff that went on with the, uh, the weird Josh Pastner friend slash booster who got mad at him because he didn't wish him happy birthday and, and ended up paying for a whole bunch of stuff for a couple of their guys. So they're appealing that. There's no chance they win that appeal. They're not going to play in the postseason. But they've played some good teams in the conference, pretty tough. Um, they took Duke down to the wire. They lost just uh, back-to-back close games against Notre Dame and Virginia. Alvarado is an experienced point guard. Devos is a good shooter. James Banks, I think, is one of the better big men in in the conference. But still, they've got Josh Pastner as their head coach that's uh, kind of holding them back here. So I guess I'll open the floor to you. Does anything about this game against Georgia Tech tonight worry you?
1: Um, I'll just be honest, no. I think this is a game where – This should really be telling about our team. Like, all right, are we willing to take that next step to, from like a a pretty good team to, you know, let's start ratcheting it up and take care of the teams that we're supposed to take care of. We're a thirteen and a half point favorite. Um, We're coming home. They're banged up. This has all the makings of a game that hopefully we can impose our will early and just kind of keep our our foot on the gas pedal. I know it is a conference game and and sometimes things, you know, the ball bounces different ways and, you know, weird stuff happens in conference. But I, I do think this is a game um, that we should win and should win handily. I, I know last year when we played them, they didn't have Alvarado. And that was like one of the bigger ass kickings. I remember oh, yeah. watching. It. I mean, that was in, that game was over with, you know, eight minutes or about 12 minutes left in the first half. So um that now they georgia tech i know they're they're prone to turning the ball over we do not force a lot of turnovers um with our half court pack line defense um so that'll be interesting but i just think from a from a talent standpoint from a coaching standpoint um i i'm i'm not worried about losing as far as the spread um I hope we cover it. I'm guessing if I had to make a prediction, I'd say we win by 15, but this should be a game that we win. Can I just say the amount of coughing that is going on in the
0: background of this airport is just <laughs> it's blowing my mind. Like, there's no way that you make it back from this trip without getting sick. There's, I'm there's like, zero chance. I'm like
1: literally huddled up in a corner next to a window, like as far away from everyone. So, yeah, um, apologize for uh, the the Nashville ambiance in the background.
0: This is just the the number twenty one podcast in America. Just doing top twenty one podcast things.
1: It's just it's content, not quality. All it's right, it's all about the
0: content. Uh, <laughs> going back to Georgia Tech, they are a bad offensive team, which I, I think if you're looking at Louisville right now and you're saying, would you rather play a good defensive team that struggles on offense or vice versa? I think you go with that mold. Like I, I would much rather prefer. Uh, I, I trust our offense against good defenses. Our defense against good offenses, eh, we've had some mixed results there. I think that both are good, but it, I like this makeup a little bit more, especially with Georgia Tech being a zone team. I, I think that we have, I don't think you can play zone against this Louisville team unless it's like really good old school Syracuse 2 3 with like the athletes to keep us from getting open looks. We are too good of a shooting team, and now we have some height at the point guard position with David Johnson and some guys who can make those really good perimeter passes. But uh, Georgia Tech, They are turnover prone, 331st in the country when it comes to turnover percentage. They struggle to shoot the ball from the outside, 324th in the country when it comes to three point percentage. And they are one of the worst free throw shooting teams in the country as well. Just 65% from the free throw line as a team. I mean, if Louisville loses this game tonight or or if it's close late, it's going to be because their offense struggles. And I just can't see that happening coming off of the Duke performance. Um, Georgia Tech, the defensive numbers are are much, much better. They're 31st in the country in adjusted defensive efficiency. They force a, a decent amount of turnovers. But like Louisville, that's not really their thing. They're more about forcing challenge shots and doing a good job on the glass. And that's because, again, they've got a couple of really talented big men. In, uh, in James Banks, uh, who played really well against us last year. who's kind of the only guy they had. And then also Moses Wright, who's been a good player for them, averaging 13.5 points and 7.5 rebounds. So like, there are things there that could give our big guys trouble, but I'm kind of with you. This is more of a it's more of a test of Louisville's maturity and have they really turned that corner
1: in, in, in
0: not just getting up for the big games, but being able to, to treat every opponent like they're Duke and Cameron Indoor. I think that's what you have an eye on tonight. And also... I'm hoping for a good atmosphere inside the KFC M Center. Like I wrote yesterday, oh my God, that was the biggest cough I've ever heard. Uh, like I wrote yesterday, I think the days of having 23,000 people inside the KFC M Center are gone forever. But it doesn't mean that the energy can't be like it was for that Florida State game every single night from this point forward, at least. Uh, and I think that hopefully, winning that game at Duke and getting some of those old vibes and that old buzz back will mean the crowd tonight's kind of, you know, jacked for an opponent
1: that it wouldn't ordinarily be all that excited. Yeah. Let me ask you, I want to ask you a question because some teams are different. Do you think we are better positioned or like, as far as a team to play more, uh, to play well at home or would you rather take our, our game on the road? Um, for some reason, especially after the Duke game, I feel like this team maybe focuses in a little better on the road. I know we did lose at UK and the Texas Tech game was um, a neutral site. But uh, sometimes when we're at home, I feel like we we get a little more loose with the ball um, and we kind of do stuff maybe outside of our comfort zone just to try to kind of engage the fans a little bit more. Um, I don't know what your opinion on it, but if I had to choose like a, a big game, I mean, obviously it's it's. It's nice when you're able to go to the game and cheer on your team. But I think this team, from what I've seen, it looks like they might focus in a little better on the road. But I don't know what your opinion is.
0: I I agree with that. And I think I'm kind of hoping that tonight is the start of them getting over that and the fan base getting over that because it's sort of we talked about this before. What was the first road game in this three game? Notre Dame. We talked about it before then. I said, I think this is the perfect time for them to get away just because you can see that some of the guys on this team let that stuff affect them. Like guys who are in shooting slumps when they take a three and they miss it and the groan from the crowd comes out. Like they, there are certain players on this team that let that affect them more than they should. And so I think that when that becomes a, like such a big deal that nobody's talking about anything else, I think that's when you need to get away. I'm hoping that because they just went on the road and won three games and beat Duke at Cameron Indoor, that that kind of ends. that, That the fan base is... Overly enthusiastic, and then it, it goes back to being a true home court advantage. I think also when the crowd gets a little bit you know sleepy, the team gets a little bit sleepy. We've seen that a couple of times so far this year, including the uh, the Miami game right before they left so I, I think long term I'd still rather play a really big game at home. I also think it's weird this is something weird that I've picked up on nationally the last couple of weeks. People keep saying that Louisville has been a team that has struggled on the road, and I think that I think that maybe the lasting image of the Kentucky game and then the Texas tech game, which like you said, wasn't truly on the road. It was in Madison square garden has just gotten wedged in people's minds. It's a team that's been pretty good on the road so far this year. They just won three straight games away from home and um, have only lost one true road game. And I would argue that of their three losses, they played the best in the Kentucky game uh, out of those three. So yeah, I'm with you. This is a team that I think thrives on the road so far, but still all things being equal. If it's a big game, I just assumed played at the KFC Home center. I'm not going to go for the risk, but maybe I'll rethink that after we, uh, we get some more data here, but um, anything to add before we go on and we make fun of Josh Passner a little
1: bit. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad we're getting to that topic. Cause I actually did watch uh, Josh Passner's presser for the game. And the way he talked about his team, you would have thought they were like rounding into tournament shape. He says they're uh, the, the, they're right there. They're going to turn a corner. And, his quote was, "He's not a negative Nancy. He's a positive Paul." Um, <laughs> so I definitely got a kick out of that. I was like, "Oh man, the passer's gonna passner." But yeah, uh, I mean, final thoughts is I, I just think this is a, a a game we we should win. Um, or at least let's let's build a, a big lead and um, you know, uh, we're able to work on you know some of our offensive uh, offensive schemes or defensive schemes that we need to. Did you say sheem? Sheems. Sheems?
0: It's schemes. It's, it's
1: schemes. Scheme. No, it's sheems.
0: I'm not Jeez. gonna let you get away with that.
1: I'm
0: not gonna let you. I'm not gonna I'm, let you. I'm take already the taking.
1: I'm already taking too much shit for the Terrence Farley rim runner comment. That I'm not gonna let you bully me on the podcast anymore. It's not bullying. It's just correct pronunciations. <laughs> I, I don't want to see you get just destroyed in the comment section. <laughs> All right, vocab I did, wasn't my strongest. All right, I, people.
0: I'm. I'm well aware. I, I did get an email from somebody who, uh, after that podcast that just said the title was. Terrence Farley, rim runner, and it made me laugh. I enjoyed it. It had nothing to do with Terrence Farley, but a lot of people uh, had some had some big-time thoughts on that. Shout-out to PRP Basketball. Shout-out to uh, to Dale Mabry and to, to Terrence Farley. We love you. Um, Josh Pastor, I, I found out, like, for a fact a couple of months ago, he's very much aware that, like, Hard Chronicle and Louisville fans in general make fun of him a lot. Like, he is... He came up to, I guess it was Jody Demling at ACC Media Days this summer and was like, why do little fans hate me? What's up with the Michael Scott thing? Um, which is a post that I did a couple of years ago where I'm going to make you play the game in just a second, where I put out quotes that were very, very dorky that were actually said by either Josh Pastner or Michael Scott, the fictional boss from The Office, and people had to decide which one uh, was which. He apparently saw that, and that makes me very happy, and I'm not surprised because like we made fun of Tom Crane for years and years and years, but I feel like Tom Crane is a guy who's kind of oblivious to all that stuff unless you point it out to him. But with Pastner, I, I think he's very online. I think he's very aware of what's going on and what's being said about him and his teams. He might be listening to this podcast. And if you are, <laughs> love you, Josh. You're a lovable dork. Um, shout out to making the Sweet 16 as a video coordinator. It's my favorite video of all time. But, I mean, is that just kind of how we view Pat? I know he got into it with our fans that one time. During the AAC year when they beat us twice at Memphis, but besides that, I feel like he's just kind of like a he's just kind of like a dorky guy that that's easy to
1: to poke fun at. listen, there is no one that probably reads like or searches for themselves on Twitter or the internet more than Josh Pastner. I think that he looks like a guy that wakes up in the morning and it's like the first thing he does is like Twitter search his name. yeah he's got I mean, and that's a Michael Spock quality. It's just. He, he wants to know what people are talking about. He wants to be involved in all the inside jokes. And um, he's just corny in every uh, every sense of the word. So, yeah, I mean, I'm. It it is – I was a little surprised that one Memphis game when he, like, walked off the floor and, like, gave it to our fans. I was like, what the hell, Passner? Um, but, I mean, besides that, he's just kind of a – He's just like a, um, you know, a goofy kid out there that you still can't believe is like roaming the sidelines after like some of the shitty seasons that he's had. So.
0: The the first time, like I remember this because I watched, I, I videotaped that, and this isn't a shot at Kentucky fans, the, uh, the the five of you that are listening, but I used to always videotape like the biggest NCAA tournament games every year, and I would watch them growing up just because I was obsessed with college basketball, and I watched the Arizona UK game in '97, the championship game, like a billion times growing up. And there's a segment at halftime, because he was a walk-on on that team. I think he was a freshman. And there's a segment at halftime talking about how he's, like, this this future coach. He's, like, a player coach. He, like, does all these drills. And if you go, like, the players, it's so obvious how much they fucking hate this kid. Like, like Mike <laughs> Bibby is like, yeah, man, like, he's, he's working with me on the shot. Like, he's always in the gym. He's always trying to make me get better. And, like, Jason Richardson is just, like, looking at him with this face of, if the cameras weren't here right now, I'd drop kick you through this window and wouldn't think twice about it. Like if you can find that segment, cause I do think it's on YouTube. It's hilarious. Like the disdain that these players have for this kid. Who's like this, this, uh, this coaching genius, this, uh, you know, savant, 18 uh, year old player coach is, is hysterical. And he's, you know, he, he's ended up, he got a job at a very young age at Memphis and he's been just kind of okay <laughs> as a, as a coach, even though he was ACC coach of the year, Oh my God! The coughing is
1: just—yeah, there's a a whooping cough around (laughs) here somewhere. Is somebody going
0: to die at the National Airport before we finish the podcast? Yeah. All right. Uh, Are you ready to play? And you're a big-time Office fan, so I, I would expect you to do well at this. Are you ready to play Josh Pastner or Michael Scott?
1: God, I, I will say, I, I mean, I am an office fan, but like, I, if it's quotes seasons like one through four, I should do pretty good. But after four, I'm, I, I, you know, I don't keep up as much. But let's, let's play, let's get it on.
0: At some point, I need to, um, to I need to update this post because I did it a couple of years ago, and I, I know, I mean, you just mentioned the I'm a positive Peter, not a negative Nancy. Like, I know that there are better Josh Pastor quotes in the last couple of years that I need to update this with, but I haven't done it just yet. But we'll see. I got 20 here. I think you can get – I think you should be able to get at least 15. Um, all, right. all right. Here's number one. And again, these are all absolutely real quotes or real quotes from the, uh, the TV show. It was quick. It happened within hours. There was no time to dilly-dally around. It was A to B to C to D to E within hours. Who said that? Uh, was it Josh Pastner or was it Michael Scott?
1: <laughs> this is going to be so hard. Um, these are, I, I'll say Michael Scott. That's an actual quote from Josh Passner. Oh, my God. All right. You you 0 for 1.
0: 0 for 1. Number two. Sometimes I'll start a sentence and I'll have no idea where I'm going. That's, that's Michael Scott. That is Michael Scott. You're 1 for 2. Uh, number three. No, I never visited the campus, but I've got good instincts on stuff, and this one felt totally right. Uh, that's Pastner. That is Josh Pastner talking about how he took the Georgia Tech job Without ever going to the campus. Um, <laughs> <laughs> number four, go fly a kite and take a hike.
1: That's Michael Scott.
0: That is Josh Fastner.
1: Oh, my God.
0: <laughs> you are uh, two for four. Number five, we were very undisciplined. I don't like that because I like discipline.
1: That's Pastner. That
0: is Josh Pastner. Uh, right. Number six, I knew exactly what to do. But in a much more real sense, I had no idea what to do.
1: <laughs> oh, God. Um, I'll say Pastner. That That's a Michael
0: Scott quote. Oh the fact that you thought Josh Pasner could have said that makes me so happy, though. <laughs> um, number seven. Sometimes you just have to be the boss of dancing.
1: That's Michael Scott.
0: That is Michael Scott. Boost Cruise episode. Fantastic. Um, Number eight. Shout out Captain Jack. Shout out to Captain Jack. Captain Jack's a fart face. Um, It's only unthinkable if you don't think it.
1: That's Michael Scott.
0: That is an actual Josh Pastor oh quote. My I
1: swear to God, hey, Where do you find these? Oh, my God. These Google's are your
0: friend. They, they, uh, they really are. I, mean, I read a lot of game recaps just to get to this point for this post <laughs> two years ago. Number nine. My mind was going a mile
1: an hour. <laughs> um, oh, gosh. I'll say Michael Scott.
0: That is a Michael Scott quote. Um, yes.
1: right. I believe you are.
0: Let's see here. We've we've done nine. You've gotten five correct. You've missed four. So you the, you got a small margin for error with this the, with this last uh, eleven here. Number ten. You can always look at the glass half empty or half full. I like to look at it as overflowing.
1: That's Pastner.
0: That is Pastner. That might, that <laughs> might be my favorite quote of the entire thing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs>
1: that, I don't think Michael Scott's even ridiculous enough to say that.
0: Number 11, and this is kind of hilarious because you just brought up the quote that he said literally two days ago. Number 11, you're just being a negative Nelly. We need more positive falls.
1: Yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's our boy.
0: That's, that's hilarious. That's Joshy P. Clearly this is one of his go-tos, and the fact that that's one of his go-tos is embarrassing and hilarious at the same time. Uh, number 12, you can't put words back in your mouth.
1: <laughs> that's Michael Scott.
0: That is Michael Scott. You have right. four in a row correct here now. We're getting hot, getting hot. Number 13, I don't hate it. I just don't like it at all, and it's terrible. That's Passner. That's Michael Scott. Oh, my God. All right, you've, you've missed five, so you now have to get the last six correct. Can you check on that woman? Whoever is yeah. doing this is not making it out of this airport alive. Don't get on the plane with this person. Or else you're going to contract Ebola. I
1: I just slow turned and like, we made (laughs) eye contact.
0: Doing a podcast here. Um, (laughs) Things are are going well. Number 15. I have never outcoached anyone. Ever. I have probably been outcoached though.
1: That's faster.
0: It is just faster, which is just a... I basically just put that one in because that quote's too good to leave out. Um, Number 16. When I'm playing hoops, all of the stress and responsibility of my job
1: here just melts away. It's gone. I'm in the zone. That's, that's uh, the uh, Office Warehouse episode, Michael Scott. That is correct. Um, <laughs> number 17 here. I, I skipped one. Sorry. I, I skipped
0: one. We'll go back. So this is, this is going to be number 17 now. All, all things right. are great. Winning is hard. If I could hug a win, I would hug it. You can't hug a win, but I'd really like to.
1: Yeah, that's that sounds like Passner.
0: That is Passner. It's (laughs) it's incredible. Um, Okay, number seventeen. Everything is black and white. There is no gray area. I don't believe gray exists.
1: Oh man, that could go either way. I'm gonna say Michael Scott. That is correct. All right. Number eighteen.
0: When I discovered YouTube, I didn't work for five days.
1: Oh, that's Michael Scott. What an episode. That's, that is that's a good season. one. Yeah.
0: Number 19. We're going through a little bit of a rough patch. The whole year, actually.
1: Yeah, that's Pastner.
0: That's Michael Scott.
1: Is that with Jan? God, you're probably right.
0: That is Michael Scott. Um, There's no probably right about it. I've got the answer <laughs> right here. In front of me. Um, you're probably right.
1: <laughs>
0: number 20. All right, you've missed six. Um, So you can't get to the 15. But here, let's finish strong. My first question to anyone I might hire is, do you golf? If they say yes, you can't work for me.
1: Yeah, that's Passner.
0: That is Josh Passner. He does not let assistants work for him if they play golf, which is the funniest rule of all time. Uh, Dan, you got 14. Correct. You missed six. Pretty impressive performance. How do you feel about yourself?
1: Um, that was a lot harder than I thought it was going to be. I was like, I should be able to distinguish pretty easily here. But yeah, some of those Castner quotes are just absolutely outrageous. Um, We love you, Josh. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out, Josh. So, um, all right. Well, I'm going to flip the tables on you because, um, so far on these podcasts, only I've gotten the trivia. So I got three trivia questions for you. Um, and they're, they're actually Georgia tech related. So, Um, And I know you, I mean, I, you know your basketball. So I, I think you can get these, but, it, you know, we'll see. All right. First one. Um, in 1990, when Georgia Tech made the Final Four, they lost to the eventual champion, the UNLV Running Rebs. Who was the leading scorer for the Yellow Jackets in that semifinal loss to the Running Rebs?
0: Oh, God. Um, Let's see was i don't think travis best was around yet and i don't think that was definitely before marbury was a couple of years later um
1: he was a guard
0: oh um was it i mean was dennis scott that era
1: um De- dennis scott is
0: correct
1: okay i uh hell yeah all right yeah I myself, there we go 29 points. Okay. So that was 1990. And that same year, Louisville was upset as a four seed in the tournament and lost to a 12 seed. Who was that 12 seed?
0: Uh, I know this. It was uh, Ball State.
1: That's correct. All right. Um, so you're two for two. In 2004, uh, Georgia Tech reached a national championship before falling to UConn. Um, and the final four semis, they were up three against Oklahoma state when almost Kentucky commit Jai Lucas hit a game tying three with 20 seconds left who for Georgia tech came down and scored the winning bucket with under two seconds left to send them the title game.
0: Oh, I want to say it was Luke Shencher, who I love. Um, I don't know if it was though. I, I kind of forgot about this game. I remember the Oklahoma state St. Joe's elite eight game way better than this. I remember a little bit of the, the, the Yukon Georgia tech game. I kind of have a a blank spot for this Georgia Tech-Oklahoma State game. Um, wasn't Ishmael Muhammad? Was it It, it could have been Jared Jack, I guess. Um, fuck it. I, I'm, I'm going to go with Luke Shensher.
1: Incorrect. It was Will Bynum.
0: Will Bynum. All right. Yeah. Um, by the way, well, you did I, good. I, I highly recommend um, – I don't know how much you remember of this game, but if you've kind of forgotten, if you're looking for something to do before the game tonight or, or something to do during this afternoon – Go back and watch just the first segment of the Louisville-Georgia Tech uh, second-round game from 2005. Like, we were—we hit our first six shots. It's so fun. Like, Larry O'Bannon splashes two deep threes. Taequann hits a crazy three. Garcia uh, nails a jumper and hits a a three coming off a screen. Like, that team was—you forget how fun they were. And you also forget, like, everybody thought Georgia Tech was going to win that game because they had gotten hot uh, at the end of the year. And we just fucking housed them. It was wonderful. Yeah, and and that game—
1: that game was in nashville too yeah and like it was all cards fans from what i mean i wasn't at the game but you could pick it up on tv and um i know we had friends at the game and they said it was absolutely bananas how many cards fans were there and that kind of kick-started the run i think too uh, oh yeah before
0: that team and it also like watching a little bit of it last night it made me think twice about all the point guard talk not that we can duplicate what that team did but that team had zero point guard. Like Tyquan's just walking the ball up the floor or Franny's walking up the ball up the floor. Larry O'Bannon brings it up sometimes. Like there was no traditional point guard on that team. We just had four guys who could shoot it from the outside and they, you know, do it all bulldog big man in Ellis miles down low. Like they were so fun to watch. And again, if you're looking for something to do before tonight's game, highly recommend spending like five to 10 minutes, just watch that first like five to six minutes of that actual game. It was a lot of fun. Like you said, all Louisville fans there. I think at one point uh, Raftery's doing the game and he's like, "This feels like Freedom Hall. It's it's just a it's a cool watch." But um, that's my favorite Louisville Georgia State game of all time, zero doubt about it. As much as I loved last year's ass kicking, and hopefully this year's ass kicking, don't think it's going to be topped. Um, Dan, I'd ask you to do a Dan in the Dump story, but I think you doing this from the airport, a <laughs> yeah. billion people, you know, coughing diseases right in your face, kind of that takes care of the story for this week. Right? Are, yeah. are you okay with that?
1: Yeah. The next podcast will be from the hospital bed. So, um, can't wait. Yeah, I know. Good times
0: safe travels to you. Uh, we'll be doing this again and I apologize for the people who were upset with no pod yesterday. We're going to have pods Thursday and Friday. Um, we'll, we'll get this all figured out. We'll get our schedules down, but safe travels. Don't get sick. Don't let people cough directly into your face and, uh, go cards beat Georgia tech.
1: All right. Thanks a lot. Go
0: cards. All right. Uh, reminder, again, rate, review, subscribe. Uh, you guys got us number 21 on the charts. That's uh, all because of the, the five-star reviews and the, and the people writing stuff. So, again, you can subscribe to the podcast wherever you find podcasts, and we'd really appreciate it if you did that. Thanks so much for tuning in. We'll be back later this week with Episode 8 of the Card Chronicle Podcast. Go Cards. Uh, beat Josh Passner. We love you, Josh.